Hey, Taylor. How are you, girl? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. You know, just trying to live the dream and kill the game every day. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> how's, how's been training your classes going? It's been going really well. Um, I actually just took a week off, though, from training to go on a little vacation. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Where'd you go? I went out to uh, Breckenridge, actually, to do some camping out in the mountains. It was pretty spectacular, kind of cold. I mean, Breck is already. Beautiful. Yeah, Breck is yeah. very beautiful. That's awesome. That's awesome. What was the best part about your trip? Um, Probably just getting to disconnect from the world for a little while and, uh, you know, really enjoy my surroundings and um, just one with nature a little too one with nature um my tent kind of gave out at the very end there we went to the primitive campgrounds and it got a little sketchy oh i'm sorry i've definitely had that happen before bad tents and bad camping gear makes for an epic trip no bueno sometimes (laughs) but definitely an epic trip oh yeah uh and it was kind of it was good timing because it was there at the very end, but I'm definitely going to have to do some replacing in some of my gear. I know you are into that kind of stuff, right? Like, do you have any recommendations? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Nemo. Uh, they kind of came on the scene a little while ago and they've been around for a while, but their tents are awesome. And it's funny enough, the owner of the company had an experience much like you and it just, failed him and he was infuriated with it. And then, so then he set out to create amazing, amazing products. And if you're going to be doing like a lot of backpacking, you know, they make an Aurora that is really good. Um, but I would definitely check them out. And if you decide to purchase anything from them, if you use the promo code sends and suffers 20, you get 20% off. You help the podcast. Okay. I'm sold. I'm definitely checking this out. All right. Well, hey, I look forward to seeing you in the gym later on this week, and I'm still excited. I'm going to try to catch one of your fitness classes, but I got to jump off here. But uh, it's good catching up with you, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Sounds great. I'll see you later. Friends and enemies, lovers and haters, welcome to Sends and Suffers podcast. I am your host, Mario Stanley. If you haven't already, please follow, like, and subscribe to Sends and Suffers podcast. Every bit counts and we would love to hear from you. So take a moment to leave a comment. These go a long way and help others know what they're getting into and how good this show is. If this is one of your favorite podcasts, consider becoming a Patreon. For as little as $5 a month, you are investing in Sense and Suffers podcast. And it's like buying your boy a taco, hanging out and getting to know the good, good that is coming your way. Monthly recaps early show releases, and all the other cool things that we do. Thank you so much for listening to Sends and Suffers podcasts. All right, fam. So I've got a few things I want to talk about before we get into Hoods to Woods with Brian and Quincy helping people snowboard and Fabio, an American Brazilian race car driver, rally car driver to be correct. But before we get into that, climb Malawi. Now, if you follow me on Instagram, you've seen I have officially announced that I am working with GCI, Global Climbing Initiative, doing the Climb Malawi. Simply put, for over the next five years, I'm going to be working on mentoring Malawians and route development, guiding, and really just taking people outside and mentoring their community in the way that I've had the privilege to contribute to the DFW community for the last 20 years. I want to see growth in their community. And hopefully, we can make climbing you know, an economical part of their community, not just something that they like to do, but we want to facilitate it because we all know what climbing and outdoor adventure sports have done to our own lives. So if you're going to be in the Denver area, please check me out. I'm going to be in town coming out June 9th. Check my gram for more information. I just got back from the CWA is the second thing. And this is where all the climbing industry gets together. We talk about Coaching, climbing, route setting, walls, holds, you name it. The interviews I got from this with the directors, climbing gym owners, coaches, local national legends is amazing. And I'm super excited to share that with you. But today's episode is number 60. 
and it is a goldie hoods to woods. My boy, Brian Quincy, taking Seeple snowboarding and Fabio rally carring all over the United States. I'm happy to wrap up this episode and I'm looking forward to interviewing a few other people that I got a chance to meet with. So when I'm in New York, holla at your boy, we're coming in and we are going to be here getting some episodes, getting some information from people to share to the world. But for today, right now, join this episode with your ears and with your heart and with your mind open. Enjoy episode 60, Hoods to Woods, Quincy and Fabio. But we both truly don't believe that the outdoor industry as a whole is ready for the true version of inclusivity as it could be. Because it doesn't have to be an all black team creating a product, but it does need to be an inclusive team. It can be black centered. It can be black inspired, but like inclusivity is not reverse diversity. It just, that's not how it works. And I think like, I think when you have more variety in the words of ethnicity, gender, uh, you know, gender and orientation and everything else, I think you get this wider perspective and this is the conversation that we're having. And the simply, the simple, the point of this long ramble basically is, is America is not ready Ooh, to be Brazil. America is not ready to be Brazil um, or any other places for that matter. And I'm not saying everything else in the world is great. I mean, I spent a lot of time overseas in Europe uh, climbing and, you know, walking around all over Spain and then some of my time in Portugal and some of my time in Europe proper. Uh, well, actually Spain is Europe. My bad, my bad, my bad Spanish people. I love y'all. I fuck that up. <laughs> but, um, you know, but and everywhere else, it's like, I remember asking, I was like, oh, I was like, do you guys, do you, do you have climbers that look like me? And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not a thing. And I was like, well, why? And I'm like, well, they have to come. And like, yeah, maybe like once or once or twice every couple of years. Mm. And I was like blown away. So I think it's like the point of all of this to say is it's like, you know, it's beautiful that that's your reality. And that's, I believe that's the reality Fabio that I want for this America and the rest mm. of the world. Mm. But I also think like, we still have a long way to go. Yeah. And I believe these two gentlemen running the operations that they're running are allowing co-mingling in spaces mm-hmm. that predominantly have not been that. I know Let's go. Um, you had mentioned an organization that was, I guess was responsible for getting black and brown outside. I never heard about them until you had mentioned it. Yeah. So in 1972, but officially in 1973, there were 13 different ski clubs across the United States who banded together to create a national brotherhood of skiers. And these were ski clubs as far west as California, as far north as Detroit, all the way on the East Coast and down south where you even had some folks from New Orleans and other things. And so it was really dope to like know this story that there was this group of folks who were like black people in the 70s. This is on the hills of Dr. Martin Luther King being killed in 78. That trips me out. Being killed a little bit earlier in 65, right? So when you have this tail end, right? If we think about the Black Panther Party being created around this same particular time, and now you got people going onto mountains and spaces before the technology has caught up to what it is now, skiing and snowboarding. And so for me, even now, Although the National Brotherhood of Skiers is an organization that is growing and getting bigger, I think they help show a very real blueprint of what it can look like to be in spaces in a time when you're not accepted. And what are some of the ways that we can follow some of the trails that they've blazed while also helping to help them see themselves in a current reality so that more people feel like they could be under that umbrella. Yeah, because I mean, I never even knew that it exists. I mean, don't get me wrong. I assume that where there was some organization, but when you explain the scale and the scope of it, I'm not gonna lie. I thought it was like maybe 50 brothers in a room. Yeah, it's collecting dope. funds. It's dope. Like you know, mm. the Lasky Summit that they had last year um, got right around 5,000 people who were there. 
and in its height, you know, if we're looking um, in its height in the 90s, um, they were easily, you know, 20, 15,000 people on the mountain at a, at a resort at any particular time. And so this organization not only still is large enough to be able to bring thousands of people, but at one point really was diversifying the mountain, putting color on the mountain in a way. And so that's why I think it's very important for us to at least hear, hear how they did it. Yeah, right? no, if I something agree. from Mosaic or other organizations is saying that we're going to bring people together, it makes sense to talk to organizations who have brought folks together. And to also know that there are challenges within what they've dealt with. There's hurt and trauma around other organizations who may have wanted to partner with them, but were unable to at a particular point. And to be able to say that, you know, what are ways to stop some of these different silos that are happening and ways that we can build bridges? Now, did correct me if I'm wrong, but during our talks a few days ago, you had mentioned that they had asked you to be more involved. Yeah. So I actually sit on the board for the MBS. Um, it started with creating my own ski club and I had um, 500 other individuals who I sat down with um, in which we created Ski Noir 5280, which is a ski club that's in Colorado. And then we actually had that ski club voted in to be associated with the National Brotherhood of Skiers. And then from there had a chance to sit on a regional board. Um, and then the new president, Henry Rivers, when he came in, was saying, Q, I really full with some of the ideas that you have, some of the things that we see you doing and some of the other individuals there allowed me to sit on the board for the NBS. And for the last two years, I've been the gospel fest speaker. So when you bring all of the different clubs to their ski summits that happen in different resorts every year, I've been the main speaker for that Sunday service. Um, and when we first started doing it, we had probably about a good 50, 60 people in the room and Last year, they ran out of seats. And so we're growing. But what's really cool is that nobody's telling me to dim my light or to not talk about certain things. And so I come in the room. You and come I, in hot. And, I, and I'm telling them, hey, if y'all don't or are unwilling to um, find ways to... If you are unable to find ways to find your successor, you will not have one. And the example that I gave this year um, from just like a biblical perspective was looking at when the Israelites were getting ready to cross the Jordan River mm -hmm. and saying that, yes, Moses, as much as we remember Moses, who did trailblazing, who went through the Red Sea, who did go through the wilderness, if we look at it, Moses did not enter into the promised land. It was Caleb who did it. But Moses did the work to help Caleb get to the Jordan to be able to cross. And I look at the MBS much the same. It was the message that I gave them of like, mm. some of you all are expecting or believing that the promised land is yours. Build. And it, and it may be, but if history has shown itself to be true, you may be the Moses generation. And if you're unable or unwilling to help build or cultivate or shape the Caleb's in the world, then you just die at the, you just die at the Jordan river. But if you're able to get to a position or a mm. point where you realize the value of the person who fills your seat or the person who follows after you, then you actually get to chance to go into the promised land. And I think there's a lot of value and opportunities there where looking at this organization, looking at hoods to woods, looking at ski noir 5280, looking at other organizations who are at the mosaic series, finding out different ways that we come together and to put some of those things in place, I think is powerful. Next year, they'll be going to Big Sky, Montana for their Black Ski Summit with thousands of people there. And what would that look like to say, all right, we had individuals in the room this weekend who their job is to host. What does it look like to take their hosting job and to bring it to an organization that's going to have 5,000 people and say, okay, you guys are on the stage every time this group comes together to be able to introduce yeah. the founders or to be able to share that this is the news of what's going on. All right. We have people in this room who do youth programming and we know that there's grants that go towards youth programs. What are ways that I can help make the introduction to be able to say when I'm in the room and they're talking about 
who are the different ski clubs who should get these grants to be able to say, okay, yes, these are the ski clubs who should get them. And these are some of the other organizations outside of the ski clubs who are already doing the work, who should be a part of that conversation. As we're thinking about different folks who are in the room this week, I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to grow. What would that look like to have a Zeb Pal yeah. at the National Brotherhood of Skiers Black Ski Summit? As they're thinking about, they have young folks who are about to go to the Olympics or already have gone to the Olympics. What does that look like to have X game artists and Olympians together? Cause they're in the same age group. So they're able to share stories with each other, build their own coalition so that while they have different kids who are looking up to either one of them, they can be able to share stories and say, Hey, remember when I went to the Olympics and such and such. And Zev could be like, yeah, remember when, when I won the X game, such and such. And they can then be on each other as equals similar to what happened with us coming to the mm -hmm. room, but able to build up that next generation. And so for me, I feel a lot of hope that there's more bridges than walls that can be established with being associated with it and also be able to understand that there's some very real trauma that has happened because of the inability mm -hmm. for that group or other groups to come together in coalition. So are all ski clubs, nonprofit entities? No. Um, Quiet as it's kept, not all of them are, nor do they have to be. And so, um, is your, are both of yours nonprofits? Yeah, I'm, I'm a 501c3, the IRS. And we're in the process of doing a 501c7 for Ski Noir, but Neighborhood Uplift. I have two different organizations who I run. And so I'm able to use one as a pass through for the other, um, but want to be able to have one be a full standing by itself just okay, for donation that makes and profit. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Cause this is interesting to me because like in one, I got first and foremost, but I'm a dial back though. I believe in what you're saying so much because at the end of the day, if you're not making bridges and you're making walls, yeah, like I'm going to just put it hardcore. Like if you're not making bridges you're making walls and bridges are meant for other people to walk through. So I, I respect you on that one. I love you on that one and I support you. And if there's ever anything I can do, my platform is your platform. So just love that for always and forever. Um, but I, this is just how my brain works, you know? And if I imagine myself listening to this podcast right now, it's like, all right, I live in you guys' community or I live in a place involved that has access to mountains, but like there ain't, and I barely want to get involved myself. So I'm going to take myself, I'm going to take my little happy black ass to the slopes, but then there's nobody who looks like me. What would be some advice that you guys would give people? And let's, let's start you know, boom, boom. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, what would be advice that you would give people to kind of branch out into this? And, you know, like, like, is it, is it just do it? Is it the why? Do you need to know the why or the how, or is like, I, I'm sure there are other people. Cause it's just like the question I asked last night in our group, like, is there a database or is there somewhere where like, you can just tell people, Oh yeah, this is a group you can get connected with in mm -hmm. this. There was a black woman here. Mm -hmm again she flew up from Miami all by herself and I just met her in the in the fitting area and I was like I literally thought to myself I was like I wish there was something I could give you because she obviously felt much more comfortable hanging out with us because she ended up having dinner with us mm. I know she rode with some of us and so that's it you know and this is two different things so the question is is if someone is curious about doing this in some capacity or form what advice would you give them to do it? Uh, you know, first and foremost, before, you know, anything, um, just do it. Don't wait for anyone. Don't wait for permission. And on the real, um, don't even look, you know, for anyone that looks like you because you'll try to petition to get your friends and, people in the community and you know what I'm saying? If you wait for groups, the group think tank takes too long. Is it, you know, as I came out for Dolo, you know, because I had friends that challenged me and I was like, yo, I'm going to go out, you know? So when I did go to an MBS summit, uh, not, uh, not a full summit, a mini summit, my first summit, I think was like, I think like 2012, mm -hmm. right. In Colorado, which was dope. But before that, I went to like a mini summit to show my DVD, Hoods to Woods. <laughs> I got invited as Snowbird. 
Um, you know, and I met people and they were like, yo, uh, you never been to any NBS? I said, yo, I didn't even know it existed until someone caught wind of, of my Hoods to Woods project, you know, before we started the nonprofit. And I just go out to a place I was in Mount Baker. I said, you stay in Mount Baker with, with black people? I said, no, it was like three white guys. <laughs> you know, like, yo, you never travel with black people? And I said, nah, I mean, I just, I just want to be in the mountain. You know, it doesn't matter, if, you know, if they're black or white. It just matters if they're good people, if they got good energy, you know, let's go, let, let's shred. And when you see other black people on the hill, you always smile, you want to connect, say, what's up, black people do the double check, like, yo, what's up, what's up? You know what I'm saying? So my advice, first and foremost, get out there. Just go and do it. Don't wait for anyone, right? And now I keep it real because everyone lives in the generation of smartphone. I'm not saying Google is like the know all, but like you start doing searches for stuff. Oh, I'm going to get a snowboard lesson. You're going to end up finding some ad from one of these resorts. They're going to push you into a, a lesson with certified instructors, which you should always do, right? Don't let your friends teach you snowboarding. Get a certified instructor. And after that, let your friends give you pointers because your friends are going to be looking at them. Oh, pick me up. Pick me up. Pick me up. I tell everyone, man, you know, my homegirls, man, they're like, yo, this guy said he's going to teach me snowboarding and it didn't work out. So, yo, you need to get a certified instructor. Someone you don't know that's going to push you. You don't have a relationship with. You're not looking out for someone to like keep yeah, you up agreed. all the time and have these uh, crazy uh, expectations because we got to do it. All that stuff, skating, snowboarding, surfing, you know, it starts with you. You start first and you, you find your tribe. You know, some of us, prefer to just deal with everybody. Some of us want to be with our own people because of the bullshit that we got to deal with, like racism and all of that. So you're going to look for your tribe. You understand? Mm -hmm. So my advice is just go out there, do it, whatever you're going to do, get an instructor, certified instructor, right? And then find your tribe. And then later on, you're going to find about MBS. You're going to find out about, uh, Hoods to woods. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I know my responsibility to the community. Like I said at Mosaic, you know, someone's like, yo, people say about money, about money. And these black people, they have money, they have money. I said, yeah, but what's the working legal age for a kid to get working papers to get a job that they can work and save up for six months to buy a snowboard setup? It's expensive. What about the kid that's 10 to like, 13 that can't get working papers. You understand? So it's always like, I'll even bring it up. Like someone was going through this whole thing. Like, oh yeah. Like if you didn't buy Jordans, you would be able to go travel. Right now, if you travel, you know, if you're going to travel and go to Paris, you, you want to stay at a good hotel with quality. Right. So how many pairs of Jordans is it going to take for you to stay at a nice hotel in Paris, right? It's going to cost you for a decent trip to Paris. <laughs> it's going to cost you like $5,000, $6,000 to enjoy yourself. When the kid got three, four pairs of Jordans, that's not enough. And it's bullshit because who's going to want to stay at a one-star, two-star hotel for a horrible experience? Like, you can do it, you can do it, but you're telling people to do something, but you're not doing it yourself. Mm -hmm. You're not seeing it in no goddamn uh, two-star hotel, man. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So my advice is you go out there and you do it for yourself. Then you find your tribe because sometimes we look for the tribe and the reverse thing happens. Then we go on our own, mm -hmm. you know? But because of the bullshit and the racism, people of color, we want to be safe in these spaces. And that's why we look for other people. And that's why the MBS gathering is so beautiful and so strong because people want to come together. Mm. Yeah, I would say for those who are interested in getting involved in skiing and snowboarding, there are a few things that can be done to help um, cultivate that experience for you. The first is find out what do you really want to do? Do you actually want to ski and snowboard? Do you want to just come take pictures next to snow? 
Do you want to do a, a cabin trip with your friend? Mm. What do those mm. things look like? Because that helps <laughs> to cultivate what you actually need to do. That's true. Right. <laughs> if, if I just want the Instagram picture to be able to show that I was near snow, which is dope. That may be the entry point to somebody. Right. And I'm yeah. not saying that's yeah, a bad yeah, thing yeah. Mm-hmm. that I'm saying, then you need to invest in a nice outfit. Because the Instagram picture is going to look slaw if you come up here in some trash. And so your, your, your budget for that particular trip should be more outfit focused so that your picture comes out fly and your hair's done and whatever other things you need to do. And that's your experience. That's savage. If what you're trying to achieve is a gathering with your friends and a turn up or opportunity to be around friends, then your budget should go towards some type of mansion or Airbnb or VROB um, where you're able to have a very fly spot to stay. Your clothing may not matter as much because you may not even be leaving from that spot as much. But right now you're actually going to be staying in a really nice spot. I've stayed in five story mansions in Aspen before that I didn't even know existed Mm. and could not afford on my own. Mm. But when we got the right group of people together and each of us are able to put in resources to say, yes, we could stay at, you know, the holiday Inn down the road and each of us get our own room or we could ante up our money and focus on staying somewhere and make it look fly. And so if that's what you're trying to do, then you get the best men holiday experience in the mountains. Right. But if you actually want to ski or snowboard, and, you know, maybe doing those other two things puts you adjacent to those things and maybe you elevate to doing that or while you're there, you decide to try it. But if that's what you want to do, there are so many ways to do it in a way that makes sense. And my first advice to anybody who wants to ski and snowboard is plan ahead. Mm. If you go to the mountain and you are just like, I'm going to buy my ticket when I get there. I'm going to get my rentals when I get there. I may even try to get clothing when I get there. Then you're going to be dropping money. A a ticket at some of the resorts in Colorado where I live on a daily basis can easily be over $200 a day if you buy it at the resort on the day of. And because of the pandemic, some of these resorts have put in reservation systems where they won't even allow you to buy a ticket, even if you had a money. So let's say you've now flown or driven or got somehow to this resort where you thought you were going to have an opportunity to go skiing or snowboarding and you did not plan ahead. So now you go to the ticket booth to be able to buy something and they tell you this is one of their blackout dates and you can't even get on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And now you're mad at me and everybody who's involved in winter sports activities because you like, oh, they don't. They really don't want me up here. They didn't allow me to be up here. I tried to get a ticket and nobody sold me a ticket. And you have something in your mind that could have easily been solved if you planned ahead. Mm -hmm. And so my first advice is plan ahead. If you're deciding that you want to go to a resort, find out what are their blackout dates. Find out what is their daily lift ticket price. If you're somebody who's saying, all right, we're going to do it just one time. I want to try it. Cool. Get a lift ticket. Go up. Try it. If you're a person who's like, hey, I actually made spend two days there or three days there, then I would look into a pass because for what you may pay for a three day lift ticket, you can get a season base pass for the same price. Mm -hmm. And that then gives you an opportunity that if you do love it or you do enjoy it, now you can go back on another trip and you're not worrying about paying that price point for a lift ticket because you have the pass. So those are questions that you have to answer yourself. Is this a one and done experience for me? Or is this something that I may want to do more or less more than one time? Outside of that, I would say the second piece of advice that I would have would be research the resort. People know the name Aspen because it's the Aspen, right? And mm. so you have people, you, I get inboxes daily mm. of people who are like, you, I want to go skiing. Let's go up to Aspen. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, I love Aspen. Mm-hmm. I have no problem going to Aspen and I actually have nothing negative to say about it as a resort. The company's dope. Their CEO, Mike Kaplan's a very good friend of mine. We talk all the time. But if you go to Aspen, you paying Aspen prices for something that you don't even know if you can do yet. Mm-hmm. And so instead of going to the top resort or the most expensive resort for your first time in which your first time, all you're going to be doing is getting the fundamentals. 
It's not like you're going down an Aspen run and it's worth paying the money. You are on the magic carpet at best going down the bunny hill. (laughs) And so if this is your first time doing something, look up the budget, lower tiered Mm. ski resort and do your first time experience there so that you're not paying as much for the lift ticket. You're not paying as much for the lesson. And once you get those fundamentals down, that general sense of just getting on the mountain, learning what it means to fall and get back up and fall again. Then once you get up a little bit more now, if you desire to go to some of the big name places or some of the well-known places, you can pay that money and it'd be worth it. Mm. But you got people who are paying top dollar Mm. to go to the top resort and they ain't seeing nothing more than a a path that they could have walked to (laughs) a half an inch away from their hotel room because their skill level is not allowing them to go down anything bigger than that. And I would say the last thing, because I know this is getting lengthy, but hopefully it's uh, digestible. No, 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 no. 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 Build, Would be like, I, I say, if anybody's coming to Colorado, look me up. You know, my Instagram is at Q-T-H-E-Q-U-E. And um, I have rentals that I'll give to you for free. Right. Now, what we ask, and I just want to be transparent, is that if you have a donation to give, give it. And that donation could be 50 cents. It could be $50 million, whatever you got. And you feel comfortable giving, we'll accept it. And if that donation is zero, that's fine as well. Because we're not doing this to make money. We just need to be able to make sure we can pay for the disinfectant (laughs) or to tune your skis or to do some of the basics. But if not, we'll find other ways to do it. But if somebody is coming to Colorado and you're like, yo, Q, everything you just said sounds way too expensive for me to do. Reach out to me. I'll take you to a budget ski resort for your first time. Make an introduction. We have a, comp- a partnership right now with the Colorado Department of Transportation. Even if you don't want to ride with me, right? You may be like, he's just trying to holler. He's just trying to be around. Nope. I'll put you on one of the buses. We can get you on one of those buses for 50% off the price. So you already slashed the price to be able to get on one of the buses to go to one of the five resorts in Colorado. I'm giving you your rental equipment already. And if you need it, I can even hook you up with some snow pants, some goggles, some gloves, all of these basic essential equipment so that you're able to go at a lower price point. Come back. Tell me if you enjoyed it. If you want to do it again, let's talk some more. If you don't, that's fine. But at least now you can tell people you've done it. Wow. So this is just my mindset thinking about this, which both of you guys dropped some serious knowledge. Mm -hmm. Do you find that brothers and sisters, people or whoever it is, Everybody just wants to get to the top because like you mentioned Aspen, you mentioned people just Mm -hmm. trying to make all these like moves out here. Do you find that more people like, nah, man, I'm not going to no budget. I ain't doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm balling. And I want to, is that where a lot of people want to start? I mean, not, not, not everyone. I imagine your situation is the woods. I mean, I mean, mean, well, I'm of course with, with kids, there's some kids that are very humble. Right. And the kids are the skaters. You know, they're like, yo, I'm trying to get to the top first day. Because they, they already have a level of confidence like no other because skaters eat shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like for them, it's just like, yo, like whatever. But there's a whole different ball game, right? When you do something on the skateboard, you know what I'm saying? Kickflip, whatever. Oh, okay. Skateboard's rolling away. It's, a, it's you know, it's in the, it's in the skate park. It's not like a runaway ski or a snowboard that can like, you know, like hurt someone. You know what I mean? So mm, it's, it's a whole or yourself. Di- yeah, or yourself. So it's like a whole different thing where they got to understand about like going to the top. But what Q drop is like a hundred percent facts. You know, where I always, I always looked at skiing culture where there's a level of uh, uh, elitism. You know, with money to have and the have nots, right? And going into these white spaces and like trying to fit in, right? And without money, we can always, oh, fit in. I have money too. So like I'm equal, you know, and I was talking to uh, Eddie Wall, shout out Eddie Wall, you know, former pro snowboarder, uh, Hoods Woods Ambassador. We were having a conversation and I was like, yo, you, you know what? It's like, you'll be on the mountain. Everything's good because they see me and it's like, he has money to be here, right? 
and this whole conversation, oh, you're not like the others, you're not like the others, you'll see me with snowboard, goggles, whatever. Okay, he can afford to snow. If I show up, if I pull up in Aspen, everyone knows I can pay the crazy amount of money for the lift ticket or season pass. But if they see me walking down the street, you know, at nighttime, like, oh, yo, let me clutch my purse. I don't know mm. what, you know, what it is or whatever. You know, but back to the whole thing about wanting to get to the top, you know, Q just dropped that, that knowledge about like, yo, you ain't, you don't have to do all of that. You know what I'm saying? But it's strange because at, at the same time, you know, it's money, it's business, it's, it's capitalism, right? If you have the money, right? If you can pull up, right? A big thing we talk about, like, yo, we want to look fly. Yo, damn yo, right. That, yo, bro, that's a, that's a fact. When the first time I went to Aspen, I stayed in some like crazy uh, $20 million something mansion with an elevator and five floors. And not only was able to sleep there because I, I freestyled my way up into the house. <laughs> Let's go. I had no money. I was going to sleep in the car. I had the zero below sleeping bag. And it was like X Games. You know, and the, you know, Hoods to Woods was Hoods to Woods, but it wasn't like what it was now, popular. You know what I mean? And I went out there. I was just like, yo, these kids, their family, it's money. Yo, they're, they're out there. There's like these private clubs. It's like $80 for coat check. You, you know what I'm saying? And, you know. $80 I, for coat check? Hey, I'm trying yeah, to tell yeah, you, bro. Is that a thing? Like, yeah, yeah yo, know. it's like private <laughs> private clubs. To. You got to be a member. You got to be a member. Like what we say about Aspen is real. Everyone wants to go there because it's like, yo, I just want that photo. You know, I want that. I want, I want that selfie. You know what I'm saying? And people want to be fly, right? And I'm a champion of looking good, doing whatever you got to do uh, to be happy because I'm not going to shit, you know, anyone that's like, yo, I want to do this. I want to do this because Lord knows how much money I spent on like snowboards, bindings, jackets. <laughs> Let's go. But, but back in the day, I, you know, I never had, I never had nothing. And I was the guy that was like one snowboard jacket and one pant until I went to Aspen and I stayed in that house and every day people change their clothes, their, their snowboarding gear. And I was like, yo, they got outfits for every day. There's a different jacket. There's a different, I didn't know people do this, you know, and I was out there with my boy Khalid, his brother, uh, uh, Ben Hinckley, my boy Jumani, shout out Jumani and Ben Hinckley, rest in peace. You know, they introduced me to Ben Hinckley. Right. And I was just like, yo, these these guys have gear for like every day. I felt like so out of place, bro. I was like, yo, uh, I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> I need to step, you know, my, my gear game up. But then I went into that and I started buying shit, having this, having this, having that. And then I and I just went through a phase where I was just like, yo, I hate having shit. Buying stuff, buying, buying, buying this, 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 this. And you throwing shit away. But Hustle Woods is dope because a lot of that stuff I just donated back to the uh, organization. But then I just got to a point, I went back to Mount Baker. There was dudes hucking, hucking, and they had duct tape on their clothing. The That's clothing was ugly, but these guys were like going crazy backside rodeo, Mount Baker's uh, uh, snow gap, like hemisphere, shucks an arm, dropping. And I'm like, Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? So what Q said is straight knowledge because it's like, yo, you want to go to top. If you got that bread, ball out. If you don't have it, fall back and enjoy the experience. That's so interesting to me because from the climbing world, this is so different. Because <clears throat> in the climbing world, like technically speaking, the more dirtbagger you are, the more duct tape you have in your clothes, the more things like that the more your cred is higher. <laughs> like if you coming out there with that shine shine and you coming out with new crispy gear, you coming out with this, people looking at you like you don't know what you're doing and you're going to get someone killed. That's how it looks. I mean, you know, and that's just like, and also too in the climbing world is so different because you guys are going to a place that is trying to draw people in. We are going to a place where, where, where no one is supposed to be. And so it's these two different worlds. And I think, there's so many similarities of like the discipline and the, the, in the, in the craft of snowboarding and skiing. 
there's a lot of similarities in climbing and the actual craft of being on the mountain. And then even in the culture, there are a lot of similarities, but there are some drastic, drastic differences. Like the only time you're trying to drip in the climbing scene, in my opinion, is in the gym. That's when you see dudes and yeah. like, that's when you see dudes in these cool E9 pants <laughs> and then they'd be taking off their shirts. I call it peacocking. <laughs> <laughs> Dudes yeah. be in the gym peacocking, little shorty That's walks funny. in, and next thing you know, they're all like, oh, 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 oh man, let me, is my new, is my new beanie, is my new organic beanie on correctly? Make sure the logo's here. No Take off this shirt, slow motion Fabio. I know Fabio, you in the room, <laughs> but slow motion Fabio pull off. Does she see me? All right, let me huff on this boulder. <laughs> and then, you know, half the time the girls climb stronger than them and they just like, oh, that's right. a nice warm up. And they're like, oh, that was my project. <laughs> <laughs> no, skiing is definite. Skiing and snowboarding is definitely different. And mm -hmm. I think it's fair to make the distinction that skiing and snowboarding in the United States is different than skiing mm -hmm. and snowboarding internationally. Because really? you can go mm -hmm. to Switzerland or go to other places and it actually is significantly cheaper to ski and snowboard during a day because they don't have the price gouging that American capitalism has done. And so we've been talking really bad about Aspen, but it actually is not the most expensive ski resort in Colorado or in general. Vail Resorts, which is a conglomerate of resorts, is actually significantly higher. You know, if you go for a day at Vail right now, it's going to be, and this is late season, it's going to be about $240 for a day ticket. In the height of their stuff, it could be over $300. But if you go somewhere international, you may be able to get a day lift ticket for $49 to $100. Or, you know, if you buy a burger at Vail right now in one of their lodges, like, you know, let's say you skied all day, you went to, the, you know, one of the cafeterias there, that burger may be $40, $30, depending on which place you go to. And internationally, it's going to be regular prices. So I think it's fair to also not put all skiing and snowboarding in the same bucket mm -hmm. and to make the distinction of different resorts have very different cultures around them. And so when you go to a Aspen or you go to a Vail, you are in your top tier of ski resorts in, in, in the United States or in the that world, makes sense. right? Mm -hmm. Aspen has the second largest amount of private planes in the continental United States behind Vegas because it's not a millionaire's playground. It's a billionaire's playground. Uh, just wrap your head around that. Mm. And so it is being marketed to a targeted group of people. So that $80 coat check that definitely makes me sweat to somebody else, that is their 80 cents. That is an $8 coat check yep. because of the dynamics of what their price points are. And so when you talk about is everybody trying to get to the top, I don't know what everybody's trying to do, but I will say people often don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't know that all ski resorts aren't created equal, you just may, you know, Dolph has a song. I'll buckle down with the, the, the Aspen. Mm -hmm. You know, T-Pain talks about Aspen. So when, if you're just like, Hey, I want to go skiing and snowboarding and you don't know anything, but the rappers that you listen to or the culture that you know about talks about a place dumb and dumber. They said they went to Aspen, mm -hmm. right? So this pop culture reality is like, Hey, this is the place to go. If I don't know anything else about anything else, I'm just going to go without doing any research. And so I can't even say that everybody who goes there is trying to stunt or ball hard. That that's just the most familiar. That makes right? a lot when of When people sense. were drinking Cristal, it's definitely not the best champagne. No, God no. But people glorified it to the point that if you were going to pop a bottle, most people would pop that terrible champagne because there was a culture built around it. And so I think that's a very important thing. Um is it the smartest? No, but you only know what you know. And so there is definitely some resorts or some ski resorts that don't even have lodging because they're that, I can't say low budget. They're just not built out to have that type of crowd. And you have others that have mansions surrounding the resorts. Mm -hmm. And so there's like this difference between these different resorts than the ownership of a resort. So, you know, we mentioned Vail, 
as a resort itself and Vail as a property owner. They own multiple resorts throughout the continental United States and internationally. And so that high lift ticket price that you were paying there, you may pay in other places because they own that place as well. That makes sense. Right. If you go to Utah, they own multiple places there. Altera Mountains who owns part of Steamboat, owns part of Aspen, owns part of Winter Park. They own other resorts. But then you also have independent mountains who are owned by no conglomerate or bigger group. And so they may be able to offer their price point a lot lower because they're not connected or it could be the other extreme. They're the most expensive because they don't have to answer to nobody else. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very important that similar to cars, ski resorts, have different tiers. I could be mad at Mercedes that the G-Wagon is dumb expensive, mm -hmm. but I also could have just got an ML 400 if I just needed a sports utility with a Mercedes badge. And so if you don't understand the difference between these things, you'll be paying. Um, and then the final thing that I would say to what you were saying, as far as just, you know, we like to be dripped, you dang right. I was just in Vail, much as I don't like it, um, recently, mm -hmm. And a, a young man who black guy actually had fallen and gotten hurt. And so I had stopped, which I would have done if he was any race, but I felt even more connected because it was a brother to want to make sure I was checking in on him. Mm -hmm. And the next person who stopped had a ski patrol jacket on. And so I turned because I was getting ready to talk medical with them about what I saw, but it caught me off guard that the ski patrol jacket was pink. And I was like, wait, Ski patrol jackets at this particular resort aren't pink. I know that. And I know he didn't wash it to turn it pink. And I looked down and realized that this was a North Face Supreme collaboration <laughs> in which it says first, you know, it has like the big cross as if it was a, a, a ski patrol outfit. But it was really just the North Face Supreme collaboration. One of your young bucks had one on today. Yeah. He had yeah. a blue uh -huh. one. Right. And so when we think about this drip. It's become drip even to the point where people are looking like medical staff. That's scary. But because it says Supreme on it or because it says North Face or because it says Patagonia, which we call Patagucci, like mm -hmm. all of these different companies then have a different tier point of what it looks like or what access we have. And to next point, like I remember going to the mountain with ski pants that didn't even fit me. A coat that barely even fit me, an outfit that I was hodgepodging from going to thrift stores to be able to get, but it got me on the mountain. Mm -hmm. And now, because I go skiing all the time and it's something that I've invested in that I love, I could go two weeks without wearing the same ski outfit. And I have different brands that I wear depending on what resort I'm going to or what type of you know, pizzazz I want to have. If mm -hmm. I'm just trying to fly under the radar, I may wear this, but I got that drip too, where I'm like, hey, <laughs> picture me now, right? <laughs> and I got some drip I can't afford yet that I'm aspirationally trying to get. I, nice. I went, to, you know, to the Gucci store and, and North Face did a collaboration with Gucci more recently to be able to have outward wear. And, I, you know, I, I tried it on. <laughs> and I took pictures with me trying it on. And then when I looked down at that price and it, just for the jacket, it was $5,000. And for the pants, it was $4,000. And I said, I, I could drop $9,000 right now. I can't, but I could drop $9,000 right now, or I could pay for food for the next few years. <laughs> I, I choose to eat. But, um, to that point, there's definitely tears to this. So when you have somebody who's just coming in trying to keep up with the Joneses, be very careful with Joneses you're trying to keep up with mm. because some of them very much so may outdo you, right? If you're a woman and you see somebody in some fur and you're like, I'm just going to go get some fur for the fellas. Do y'all know how much some of these fur coats cost? Oh, I know. Oh, bro. Right. 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 <laughs> right. Do you, do you want to buy two cars or do you want to see some fur? Really? So that, that's my thought around it is that I think some people go to these higher place, higher priced places because they don't know. Mm -hmm. that makes and the more sense. we can get information out that there are other options is valuable. The fact that in New Jersey you can ski year round because of what they have out there is a dope concept that I hope catches on to other places that don't have snow 
so that people have a chance to get introduced to it. And then once they get to a certain level, then they could fly out and go somewhere else. But if you're paying all your money to fly somewhere to gamble on something that you may not even like, and you're going to a top tier resort trying to get top tier experiences, paying for top tier lessons. I hope you got a top tier job. Mm, but I think one thing, just listening to both of you guys, one of the things that's like my mind is summarizing down is know why you want to do this first and foremost. Like just know why you're showing up. And if it is, as you said, to have fun, do your homework, do all the other pointers, do everything else. But it, I think the thing it really boils down to is like, just do something that you love and do something that you enjoy and understand knowing why you do that. Mm-hmm. And, and just know there's support out here too. Also, like if you're ignorant and you don't know, it's okay to ask. Like the culture around skiing is actually dope regardless of the race. Is that if you go to a resort and you ask somebody, what is a green run? What is a blue run? What is a black run? And you don't know those things. 98% of the people are going to give you a non-snarky, non-condescending answer because they don't want you to get hurt on the mountain. Because if you get hurt on the mountain, it just makes it hard for everybody else because then the prices go up or they lower access and ability for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And so don't go into this sport or this industry feeling like you need to know everything, A, or that asking a question makes you look less than. Mm-hmm. because. You can show up in all the right equipment. You can show up at all the right resorts and think you are blending in and everybody's just going to call you a Jerry and everybody's just going to look at you and be like, we can tell you don't know nothing because the way you set on the lift or the way you got off the lift or lack thereof shows you don't know what you're doing. That the way you're trying to go down the mountain and you're not doing certain things, we can tell you don't know. So instead of just going down and getting hurt or feeling like you have to know everything before you get there, ask. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, definitely support my brother when he said take lessons, mm-hmm. but also safety is sexy. Just because you see X Games skiers and snowboarders not wearing helmets, that's because they know what the heck they're doing. But you don't. So wear a helmet. Like if you fall, you want to protect your mind, your brain. If you doing snowboarding and you think you may fall, get one of them padded bottoms and make your life a little bit easier. There are things that you can do if you ask or if you reach out. And like I said, I am a thousand percent down to be a point of contact for anybody who would like more information because you don't have to do it by yourself. You don't have to try to research or reinvent the wheel. It's folks out here willing to help you. And let's just grow and build and get some folks to the mountains. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fabio, I have a question for you. Sure. Someone, a little birdie, told me that you drift and race cars. I try. Yeah, that's uh, that's my main dream over okay. here. Uh, be a professional rally car driver. Is that where you're working towards? I mean, this is yeah. a big shift, but you know, you've been you've been the silent giant in the room, so I just yeah. want, I, want, I want to put the light back <laughs> on you for a hot second. You know, my, you know dreadlock brother from another place <laughs> but yeah man <clears throat> so like I, I guess like a little bit more about you is this something that you're trying to get into yeah i've been into it already since i would say 2014 mm-hmm. and um i just knew i was had it in me as a driver you know and um i was waiting tables for this restaurant at the time and um i got super cool with the owners and i just sat down with them and asked them i was like what do you guys think about this racing stuff? You guys want to help me build a car? And bro, they didn't even ha- they didn't even have hesitate. They to start off, they gave me five grand just to help me build the car, and then they sponsored me for the next two years to um to be able to get to the races because you have to tow the car there and bring a crew. Um, because rally racing is about three days of racing. Wait a minute, is there rally racing in the United States? Oh yeah. Oh yeah! Absolutely. Why do I never you ever heard see of Ken it? Block? No, no, oh, no! I, I I see Formula One. I've yeah. seen uh, obviously NASCAR go left, uh, <laughs> but I didn't know rally car racing was a thing in the United yeah. States. I didn't know either until I saw Ken Block. And um, if you don't know Ken Block, you have to research Ken Block. I'm he, going to now. It's he created, in the show notes. Yeah, he created DC shoes. 
Oh. Yeah. Oh, that brother. Okay. Yeah. Then he sold it and became, he sold it for over a hundred million dollars. And then he started race car driving. And then he made himself famous through race car driving. And he did Hoonigan after that. Yeah, man. And he's one of my biggest inspiration, actually, for all the race car driving because of snowboarding. You ever see a rally car jump off a snowboard jump before? With snowboarders? I feel like that's an ad, but like, (laughs) no, I've never seen this before. Like the car goes over the snowboarder? No, they go next to each other off the ramp. A car going off a snowboard jump. That's That's dope, but that's crazy. You've never seen that either, bro? No. Oh, this is going to be, is this in YouTube? Yeah. Oh, this is going to be in the show notes. Oh, for sure. This is going to be in the show notes. Yeah, you have to. Ken Block is amazing, man. Even towards, um, I was watching podcast, um, Bumhole podcast with Salema, mm-hmm. and Salema talked about Ken Block because Salema was um, presenting the X Games and stuff, and he's wearing all this clothes, and Ken Block went up to him like, "How much you getting paid for this?" And Salema was like, "I'm not getting paid. I just like the clothes." And then uh, Ken Block started sponsoring Salema and paying him, and made sure he got paid for wearing stuff on TV and stuff like that, like. He helped uh, Stevie Williams open DGK, like, because he was sponsored by DC Shoes at the time, Stevie Williams. This is a world that I know nothing of, and I'm, like, deeply intrigued. So, when's your next race, and where can I watch it? Well, <laughs> um, so the rally races, they're actually, like, in real roads. So we go to, like, state forests and stuff, mm-hmm. and... um. It's all throughout the U.S. and they got one in PA, Southern Ohio, uh, mostly stay on the East Coast because it gets, the farther you go, the more cost effective it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So I try to stay on the East Coast and um, we have New England Forest Rally and um, you do have to go to, in person to watch it. Is there any in Texas? I'm just curious. Mm, are you from Texas? Well, there's a I rally mean. school in Texas. That there's a rally from, school? Yeah. Oh, yeah. bitch, sign me up. Yeah, called um, Rally Ready. Yeah, I'll definitely sign you up. I can link you up with some people. Oh, for sure. oh we have to. Yeah. We have to. This has, like, honestly been, like, a sly dream of mine. Really? To, like, That's retire awesome. and just be a rally car racer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Definitely. definitely. Oh, um, shit. This man. year, I'm building a new car. My old car is a little clapped out. Okay. But um, I'm not sure if it's going to be ready by the end of the year. But, yeah. Okay, dude, I, 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 this, this conversation about rally cars, I realize is going to be a whole nother podcast in itself. Right. So you right. and I need to connect because. Sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, bro. dude, this I is got, like. I just, I black out a lot and, uh, when I see the mic over here, I got a lot of shit to say. Oh right? no, no. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no. We'll, we'll, we'll get on the real with it because I mean, honestly, the moment I think of rally cars, I can't help but think of those Hot Wheels sets that my kids, yeah. my dad used to yeah, drive yeah, me as a kid Hot and let them just go everywhere. Like yeah. that's like, that's in my mind, <laughs> but I do, I know it's getting late and I want to wrap this up. Um, but I would like, uh, just real quick, just what we're going to do one more little round table. We'll go left to right, but just who are you? How can people get in, in touch with you and how can they support what you're doing? Uh, and then, uh, yeah. And then we'll call it a night gentlemen. Hey, again, I'm Brian Decapopo, executive director and co-founder of Hoods to Woods Foundation. We introduce Boys and girls, 11 to 19, to the outdoors through snowboarding. I'm from Brooklyn, born and raised. I'm a snowboarder, surfer, uh, entrepreneur, social entrepreneur, uh, innovator, man. And uh, my inspiration is Ramos Z, Rakim, MC Shan, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey. Rosa Parks, man, I'll keep going and going and going. Muhammad Ali, you already know what it is. Uh, mixed martial artist, jiu-jitsu, boxing. Shout out to everybody in Rio de Janeiro and the favelas and whole senior. Uh, Falechi, Sadaji de Deus, City of God. You know, I'm here. I'm, I'm here for the culture. And I'm glad to uh, be a part of the Mosaic Sessions and be a part of the Avenger Squad. Oh, amazing. Oh yeah. How can, how can people support hood to woods and how, 
How can they get in contact with you to support Hoods to Woods? Uh, you can support Hoods to Woods. Go to uh, Instagram, Hoods to Woods, H-O-O-D-S-C-O-W-O-O-D-S. And you can just slide in the DM and just reach out to us and we'll get back to you. But there's also a website, correct? Yeah, yeah. And, so, um, they yeah, it's a website. Through the yeah, they can website volunteer, but well. everything is through the Instagram or the, mm-hmm. we have links for volunteers awesome. and all that stuff. You know, it's the best method because once it starts there, people who find the website find that through like right. SEO, Google search type right. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, Fabio Costa here. Um, you guys can reach me on Instagram, uh, Rastafab, at Rastafab. And um, yeah. how can they support your rally car dreams? Cause I'm into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, just by following man and, you know, following the dream, watching what I do and um, I'm fighting for it. Okay. So I gotta, gotta make a new plan for this year. New ball game for sure. Bet. And um, yeah. Bet. <laughs> Mr. Q. Hey man, once again, Quincy Shannon, also known as Q Rev Q. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Q the Q. We also have Ski Noir at, at Ski Noir. We also have Neighborhood Uplift at, at Neighborhood Uplift. We also have our monthly trip that we do up called Slide Through Saturdays at, at Slide Through Saturdays. Any of them you can find through at Q the Q. Just make it easy. Um, Google my name, look up, see what I'm talking about isn't just good for the microphone or good for media. We've done enough press to be able to see that the proof is in the pudding. We really are changing the mountains one trip at a time, one person at a time. Um, and one thing that I try to stress to everybody, it's not a moment, it's a movement. So we're really trying to do something big that transcends just right now. I'm excited about the possibility of whoever hears this potentially engaging. Um, and as far as support goes, I think the gamut is very strong, right? Support can go just telling somebody else about what you heard so that they can listen to this podcast to support another person doing something positive for the community. Support can go as far as hitting a like or a follow when you look at one of our social media pages. Support can go as far as just saying positive affirmations in a mirror when you think about some of the things that we're doing. Even if you never get on the slopes or never come on a trip, there's power in the tongue and there may be something that you say in your bathroom or your home that helps protect one of our young people or somebody when they're on the mountains. And so I look at support multi-dynamic. I am not a pimp who's just prostituting what I'm doing to try to make some change. If you would like to give some money to help us out, it is definitely appreciated, but that's not the go-to way of what I'm trying to get somebody to do. I would much, much rather make somebody else fall in love with this passion that I've fallen in love with. And then it comes naturally, whatever you'll give from there, whether that's your time, your treasures or your talents. And then I say the last thing that you can do to support is just make sure that we don't continue this stereotype about mountain sports, that it's not for us, that black people don't ski or snowboard because that is absolutely not the truth. And it's not only black people who are skiing and snowboarding, but we're dominating the sport. We're dominating the leisure activity and we're taking over the world. The pal. We're buying all this gear and equipment. Yeah, man. Dropping money. Hey, so any brands who hear this, holla at your boy. We are definitely doing more brand ambassadorships and wanting to find more ways that we can make partnerships that make sense. We ain't taking everything, but we can definitely talk offline. Bing bong. Friends and enemies, lovers and haters. That's the episode. I want to thank you guys for listening. This is your boy, Mario. As always, I normally do the sign off and post, but I think it's important to do it now. You don't always have to get in my industry. I'll say this climbing is so different and so unique from this sport, but this sport is beautiful. And I've had the chance to do it this weekend with you gentlemen. And I feel like I've had the, the, the ability to stand in the room with giants That's and cool. learn a lot from you. So same much love to you. And I look forward to getting on the slope with you guys again. Bing, 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 bing. Mm. <laughs> I 
hope you enjoyed this episode. Who am I kidding? I know you did. You listened to it all the way through. And if you're hearing my voice now, remember, I'm going to be in Denver, June 9th, that weekend. Come out and rock climb with me. Come out and hang. I'd love to meet some of the community, meet listeners, because I know you listen, but I don't always get to meet you. I got to meet a listener when I was in CWA in Pittsburgh, and it makes me smile from ear to ear. But what makes me smile more is seeing you guys share and promote this podcast and help me make this thing grow. My goal one day is hopefully just to do this. And I need your help in order to do that. I love doing this and I love that you listen. I'm starting to rant, so I'll go ahead and get out of here. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your ears. I appreciate your hearts. Your likes and your clicks and your follows are greatly appreciated because of the algorithm. But most importantly, I'm happy that you're here. All right, I'm out. Yo, yo, yo.